0: For more than 10 years, I've been travelling the world teaching English. My name's Matt, I'm an English teacher from the UK, and welcome to the Nomad English Teacher channel, where I help you improve your English by sharing my stories and those of English teachers and students from all around the world. Hello and welcome back to the podcast! In today's episode we're going to be talking more about food. We're going to be learning loads and loads of adjectives that we can use to describe food in English. We've got a couple of nice phrases and idioms as always as well. So today we're continuing to talk about the two months that I spent living and working or digital nomading, let's say, in Florence, in Italy. And we can't talk about Italy without talking about Italian food, right? So I'm going to talk you through all of the things, not all of the things, but most of the things that I ate while I was in Italy. And I'm going to use loads of nice natural English adjectives to describe them. I say natural guys because often when it comes to describing food we learn from our English textbooks and maybe English lessons some adjectives like delicious which we don't really use in real life anymore so we're going to be learning some really natural ones that real native English speakers use to describe food today. Now before we get into this I just want to make it clear My voice doesn't sound great today. I don't think, and uh, I've got a pretty bad cold. You might notice if you're watching as well, that my background has changed. So I've left Lisbon. I had a great time in Lisbon, but now I'm back home in Nottingham in England. Gonna be staying here for Christmas. It's really nice to be back. But after two days, I picked up a very, very bad cold and um, yeah. I'm feeling much better now, but my voice is still a little bit croaky, right? Croaky, croaky means it sounds a bit like a frog. Okay, so my voice is still a bit croaky, but uh, I'm gonna try my best today and I'm sure I can get through it. Apologies to you if I don't sound very nice today, but hopefully you can still understand everything I'm gonna teach you today. Okay, so with that out of the way, um, let's get into this topic. We're gonna talk about food, describing food in Florence, in Italy. Let's do it. So food, it's a topic I could talk about for hours and hours, and let's be honest, everybody knows that food in Italy is some of the best in the world, right? Before I get into this, guys, I wanna talk a little bit about how we can describe food that we enjoy in English. So very often when we look at a textbook or an English lesson, we're taught the word delicious, right? I love this food, it's delicious. But to be honest, in the modern day, in real life, it's kind of strange to say delicious. Not that many people use it anymore. There are other words like scrumptious and yummy that we might get taught in textbooks, but these ones are also not very natural anymore. So these days we just use positive adjectives to describe food that we love. For example, we might just say this tastes amazing or this is incredible or this tastes so good. Those are the most natural ways to say that you enjoy food these days. But I did do a full episode on how to describe food that you enjoy and that was in episode 9 when I was talking about Taiwanese food. So go check that one out if you're interested in that. But for today we're going to be focusing on describing the flavors and the textures of different foods as we go through all of the things, not, not all of the things but some of the best things that I ate during my two months living and working or digital nomading in Italy. So I was living in Florence and one of the most famous things to eat in Florence is the Florentine steak. I'm sure you all know what a steak is, right? It's a big piece of beef. Now, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of steak, really. I like it, but it's never something that I usually order. Notice there, guys, I said I'm not a huge fan of steak. So, to be a fan of something means to love it, to like it. Usually you're a fan of a team, a sports team, or maybe you're a fan of a singer, but we can also say you're a fan of, of food as well. But I'm not a huge fan of steak, although I like it. Florentine steak, however, is one of the things you must try if you go to Florence, and it was actually, something that I ate in the first meal I had in Florence and I'm really annoyed actually because we went to a really good restaurant on the first day and I've been checking my maps and checking my pictures but I can't find the name of it anywhere so sorry to that restaurant it's a good one I recommend it but I don't know the name sorry. So we ordered uh, the Florentine steak and this was part of I think a four course meal so remember, it was our first meal in Italy and um, I was quite confused about how things work there because on the menu there is a, a starter and then there's a first course and then a second course and then dessert. Usually when I go for dinner you know, in England and most countries, it's first course, second course, dessert and the first course is the starter, right? But I noticed in Italy that there are, there's a starter And then there are two main courses, which really confused me. Um, Usually the first course is some kind of pasta and the second course is other dishes. And after this first experience, I realized you don't need to order every course because it's so much food. But on this first day, first experience, we ordered all four courses and it was a lot of food. Anyway, the Florentine steak was the second course. So dessert, first course, second course. The Florentine steak was the second course. So really it's the third course, if you know what I mean. And um, it came out and it was absolutely massive. It was massive. Let's think of a few words. There are so many words in English that mean very big. So massive, huge, enormous, ginormous, giant. All of these words work. This was a massive steak and it was very, very thick. Okay. Very thick. Now with steak, there are of course, different ways to cook it. So some people like it to be cooked for a very short time. Some people prefer it to be cooked for a little bit longer. Let's think about the words we can use to, to describe that. And if you go to an English speaking country and order steak, this is going to be very important. So if you like your steak cooked for a very short time, you like it really red in the middle, then you like rare steak, rare steak. That's spelled R-A-R-E. So rare steak is very pink, right? Very red. It's not cooked very for a very long time, okay? The opposite of that, so a steak that is cooked for a long time is totally cooked all the way through is well done. Well done. So a well done steak is a steak that's cooked for quite a long time. Steak lovers I know don't really like well done steak right but usually if I order steak that's what I order well done. I don't like to see the blood in there it's it's not for me. So rare cooked for a very short time, well done, cooked for a very long time. How about in the middle then between rare and well done? Very easy. It's medium, medium. So if you like your steak cooked between rare and well done, you like medium steak. Anyway, the Florentine steak, because it's so thick, it is rare. It's always rare. One time I even tried to order it well done and they said we can't we can't do that because it's so thick it's kind of impossible to cook all the way through so I just had to deal with that and to be honest it was it was really good it was really nice steak um, if you're a real steak lover you'll love the Florentine steak in Florence Um, But it was a little bit red for me and the blood in there makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I'm just not a massive fan of that. Anyway, I was thinking of a few words that we could use to describe the taste of steak. And when a steak is rare, we could say it's quite juicy, quite juicy. Okay, so it has a lot of juice, a lot of liquid. It's quite juicy. But we could also say it's quite bloody okay quite bloody so if it has a lot of blood in it it's bloody and you might notice here one really common thing with adjectives that we use to describe food in English actually they're just nouns or verbs that we add y on the end of okay so a steak has a lot of juice it's juicy a steak has a lot of blood it's bloody okay and there are so many other examples of adjectives like this that we use to describe food and um, we're going to use a lot of them today actually so rare steak can be juicy and bloody how about well done steak if it's well done and it's not cooked very well it could be chewy chewy so you need to chew a lot to eat the steak it's chewy Chew means, you know, when you put the food in your mouth, you use your teeth to break it into smaller pieces. This is chewing. If you need to chew a lot, the food is chewy. And I think chewy steak is not very good, right? Also, if the steak is well done, you could call it tough. It's tough. Okay. And when a steak or a food is tough, it means it's very difficult to chew. Okay. You can't chew through it. It's quite hard so well done steak could be really tough funny story actually my uh, my grandpa before he passed away he often ordered steak in a restaurant and he would always order it well done and then he would always complain that it was too tough and we used to say well grandpa if you order well done steak it's gonna be tough okay well done steak is tough but that was what he liked Okay, so the Florentine steak, um, a must try if you're visiting Florence, I think. And another must try if you're visiting anywhere in Italy. I don't need to say it, it's pizza, okay? And if I'm not a huge fan of steak, I am an absolutely massive fan of pizza. I can't get enough of pizza, I absolutely love it. So, I was. this was one of the things I was most excited about when I went to Italy was trying all of the different pizza and I have to say I wasn't disappointed. It's really easy to find good pizza in Florence and and everywhere in Italy. You don't have to go to one of the famous pizza restaurants, you can just go down any street in the city centre, find a pizzeria, pizzeria is the, you know, a specific pizza restaurant and the pizza is going to be really good, it's going to be great. The best pizza that I had in Italy and probably the best pizza I've ever had in my life was in Sicily. So we did take a weekend trip to Sicily while we were in Florence and we stayed at a very, very nice resort that we did some work with. And um, the restaurant was, a, was quite posh. It was a really posh restaurant. The adjective posh means like high-class, upper-class, expensive, you know, like the queen and the king. They're very posh, okay? Usually, I don't... I'm not posh, okay? I'm really not posh. And I don't really like posh places so much. But we had the chance to eat in this posh restaurant for free. So, of course, we had to go for it. And um, the pizza in there was unbelievable. It was... it was just so good. It had some like mint flavor on top it had prawns this mint stuff really really good cheese and very fresh tomatoes and it was just so good oh it's making my mouth water actually talking about that there's a nice phrase when we uh, talk about food guys to make your mouth water it means you know you feel some water coming in your mouth because that food is so good or it makes you feel hungry Okay, so this pizza, I'm talking about this pizza now, and it's making my mouth water to think about it. I want to eat it again. But some important, well, a very important word when it comes to pizza then is topping, topping. So I mentioned that that pizza had prawns, it had nice cheese, tomatoes, and some mint. So those were the toppings. Okay, a topping is the thing that you put on the pizza. Let me know what your favourite topping is. Usually my favourite topping is very simple. It's just mushroom and sweet corn. But yeah, let me know what your favourite topping is. How about some adjectives to describe pizza then? So we can talk about the thickness of a pizza as well. So in Italy, the pizza traditionally is quite thin, right? It's not very wide, let's say. It's quite thin. The opposite of thin is thick thick. So maybe if you go for an American deep style pizza it could be quite thick. To be honest I I like both. I like both. Um, Thick pizza, thin pizza, all good for me. What about some other adjectives to describe the taste and the texture, the feeling of pizza then? Well some pizza, especially thin pizza, might be quite crispy. Crispy. This means that it's quite dry and if you pick it up it won't fall down so it's kind of firm. So crispy pizza is quite dry and you could pick it up with your hand and it won't fall. How about the opposite of that then? We could have sloppy pizza. Sloppy pizza. So sloppy pizza is quite wet. Maybe it has a lot of sauce on it and if you try to pick it up it will fall down. So maybe you need to use a knife and a fork to to eat this pizza. So crispy and sloppy. Two Two nice adjectives to describe the texture of pizza. And we could use them with other things as well. So maybe biscuits or bread could be crispy. Whereas pasta or maybe even a hamburger could be sloppy if it has a lot of sauce in it. So that was pizza, oh I want a pizza now. Today's Friday actually, I'm recording this on a Friday and um, I like to have pizza on Fridays, so talking about pizza now has really got it into my head that I'm gonna have to have a pizza later. I think that's okay though, right? Anyway, another classic of Italian cuisine of course is pasta and again, Um, The same as pizza, if you're looking for good pasta, you don't have to go to a specific restaurant, just find any little restaurant around Florence or around anywhere, any city in Italy, and you're gonna get some good pasta. I, I never had any bad meals while I was in Florence or in Italy. So with pasta then, of course, there are so many different varieties of pasta. So it's really difficult to think of a couple of adjectives that you can use to describe all of them. One of the best pastas I had, and one of the most famous ones that you must try. If you go to Florence was a wild boar, pappardelle. Pappadelli is of course an Italian word, but it's pappardelle is a style of pasta, which is almost like noodles, but each piece is quite wide. So it's like a big, wide noodle. And I really like that. I like big pasta. It's cool. So pa- this pasta in Florence was wild boar pappardelle. Wild boar is an animal. It's like a wild pig. And there are a lot of wild boar in Tuscany, the region around Florence. So I had this a few times in Florence, but one of the best ones I had was at a restaurant called Trattoria Zaza. Zaza it's quite a touristy restaurant um, a lot of tourists go there so I was a little bit 50 50 about whether it would be good but uh, I went there when my dad came out to visit us in Florence went there with him and it was actually really really nice so the wild boar pappardelle in Trattoria Zaza is a good one if you go to Florence give it give that a try Right, describing pasta then, it's very difficult. One thing we could use to describe it is the sauce. So all pasta has a sauce, right? The wild boar pasta had a tomato sauce. Many pastas have tomato sauce. Others have pesto sauce or maybe cheese sauce. And again, if the pasta has a lot of sauce, we can say it's saucy, saucy, okay? So a saucy pasta. Now the adjective saucy, we can use it in another way when we're not talking about food. Quite a funny one actually. So the adjective saucy can also mean similar to sexy. Okay, so maybe somebody takes a saucy picture. It's like they take a little bit of a sexy picture, right? So saucy is like sexy, but maybe not really, really sexy. It's, it's sexy in a kind of funny or in a slightly rude way maybe okay so somebody takes a saucy picture it's like they take a slightly sexy picture okay but of course when we're talking about saucy pasta we don't mean sexy pasta we mean pasta with a lot of sauce right Um, what about the way that we cook pasta so I noticed in Italy they cook the pasta maybe differently to the way that I would cook it. I I think we know who is right there as well. Um, So when I cook pasta, I like it to be quite soft, but in Italy, sometimes it's cooked for a short time. So it's a little bit hard when you eat it. So when we talk about cooking pasta and cooking everything, to be honest, we can use these words, overcooked or undercooked. Okay, so if something is overcooked you think it's been cooked for too long, it's too soft. But if it's undercooked you think it hasn't been cooked for long enough, okay. Both of these are actually kind of negative so if you think something is overcooked or undercooked then you think it's too much, it's either cooked for too long or it's not cooked for long enough. What about if it's perfect cooked for exactly the right amount of time? Well, you could say it's just right, just right. So often the pasta in Italy is slightly undercooked. So it's a little bit hard, but actually when you eat it, the combination of this pasta with the sauce is just right. So it's slightly undercooked, but it's good. It tastes really good. So pizza and pasta, of course, the classics of um, Italian cuisine. But I didn't realize this, there are also some incredible sandwiches to eat in, uh, in Italy. And again, um, I'm a big fan of the sandwich, okay? Actually, when I go to different countries, if there's like a famous sandwich to eat, that gets me really excited. You know, I've just been in um, Portugal for three months and there are a couple of really famous sandwiches in Portugal. I went to try them and um, yeah they didn't disappoint. They were great but I'll be talking about them in future episodes I'm sure. Italian sandwiches are... they're different but they're very very good I have to say. The bread that they use isn't like normal bread so they often use a bread called focaccia. I don't know if I'm saying that right focaccia. But this bread is quite thick. It's a little bit oily and it has more flavour than than normal bread. In Florence, I was walking down the street one day and I noticed that everybody, I came to one area near the River Arno and I noticed that everybody who was walking past me was eating a sandwich with like a a white, white paper around it with some red words on it. And as I noticed this, I looked around and I thought, oh my God, everybody is having this sandwich. What's going on here? So I quickly did a Google search and I found a very, very famous sandwich shop, which is called Al Antico Vinayo, Al Antico Vinayo. And um, when you find this shop, you almost every time you walk past it, there is a long queue of people waiting outside to try their sandwiches so I did a little bit of research and um, this sandwich shop was actually something like the most reviewed restaurant in the world on google maps in I don't know maybe two or three years ago so that means out of every restaurant in the world most people left a review of this restaurant more than any other restaurant in the world that means a lot of people visit this sandwich shop now because I was living in Florence sometimes the touristy things didn't really appeal to me so you know it's a normal day for me maybe I'm working in a cafe or something I don't want to stand in a line for an hour to eat a sandwich right? I want to get a quick sandwich and go And I'm sure that's what it's like for local people as well. So maybe local people don't go to this sandwich shop so often. It's mainly tourists that visit. But I can't live in a city with one of the most famous sandwich shops in the world and not try the sandwich, right? So we did queue one day. One day we went and queued for the sandwich. To be honest, the queue moved pretty quickly. And in about 20, 25 minutes, we were at the front and we ordered. Now they have many choices um, of different sandwich combinations, but I went for a really meaty sandwich, a really meaty sandwich. So a sandwich with a lot of meat. Now, when we talked about pizza, we said that the food we put on a pizza is the topping, but with a sandwich, we put food inside, right? so this is the filling the filling so the filling that I chose was a lot of different meat a lot of Italian ham Italian salami and also some cheese as well and I have to say this sandwich was was pretty good man it was yeah it was really hearty a really hearty sandwich okay but it was really nice When food is hearty, we mean it's very kind of heavy, very strong flavored. It makes you feel really full, but it could also be very satisfying as well. So this meaty sandwich was very hearty. Um, I was really full after I finished, but I have to say it was a good one. So if you go to Florence, you must check out Al Antico Vinayo. It's, uh, it's worth the queue, I think thinking about food that makes you feel very full as well so hearty food makes you feel very full but if something makes you feel very full we could also say it's filling it's very filling so this sandwich it has very thick bread loads of meat it's very very filling right it makes you feel full when you eat it okay and that was most of the um savoury food that I that I ate in Italy savoury means not sweet we could say salty as well there are so many different combinations of pizza and and pasta I can't talk about all of them here Um, I didn't eat all of them but um, yeah I have to say you know of course I'd heard about Italian food before I went there but it, it, it is really really good and like I say I don't think there are any bad restaurants in Italy Um, not in Florence anyway, you just find a a restaurant, you go down any street, find any restaurant, order pizza and pasta, and it's gonna be good, okay? It's gonna be nice. But one of the things that I really underestimated was the desserts in Italy, the dessert. Now, I'm not a massive dessert person, okay? I usually prefer my savory food to, to my sweet food. Notice there guys I said I'm not a massive dessert person so you can say I'm a dessert person I'm a pizza person I'm a savory person and this just means that you are a fan of that type of food you love that type of food so I'm not usually a dessert person means I don't usually love or prefer dessert but the desserts that I had in Italy were Come on, man. They were, they were very, very good. And actually during my time in Italy, I, I, I did become a dessert person. So my favorite Italian dessert is a classic. It's tiramisu, tiramisu. And if you, you should know what tiramisu is, but if you don't, it's like a sponge cake with a coffee flavor. It has some coffee syrup in there and a lot of cream. And um, yeah, I ordered tiramisu. Tiramisu was my go to dessert while I was in Italy. It was my go to dessert. That means if if you can't make a decision, that is the one that you always choose. So your go to is the one that you always choose if you can't decide. Tiramisu was my go to dessert in Italy. And I want to give a shout out to our local restaurant here. Um, In the previous episode I mentioned that we were staying a little bit outside of the city centre but there was a restaurant very close to our apartment which was called Bottega Bordeaux and we went there very very often if we couldn't be bothered to cook one night we would just go down for a pizza. Those guys were really nice and the food was really good in there and I'm gonna make a very very big claim here but they had the best tiramisu and the best dessert in general in Florence so tiramisu then how could we describe it well I would have to say that it's very soft right? it's a really soft dessert but that's a bit simple we can do better than that can't we so a different word for soft would be delicate delicate So delicate means soft and actually it means kind of easy to break but when we describe food as delicate it means that it's very very soft and very light okay and light is the opposite of heavy of course. So tiramisu is very delicate and very light I think it doesn't make you feel too full and the flavor is not too strong not too heavy. So tiramisu was great I had it I had it many many times but another thing that I fell in love with in Florence was gelato okay and um, I've always liked ice cream but honestly I'd never really had a real gelato before and there is a difference between ice cream that you buy from the supermarket and gelato that you get from a gelateria gelateria don't know how to pronounce it so When you buy gelato from a real gelato shop, it's much more creamy, okay, more creamy. There's another one where we take a noun, add a Y, and it becomes an adjective, right? Gelato is creamy, so it tastes like it has a lot of cream in it, okay, a really creamy flavor. It's also smoother, and ice cream that you buy from the the supermarket it's very smooth so there are no pieces inside it you know it's very very smooth and I have to say it's very very satisfying very satisfying satisfying is a good word that we can use when we're talking about food so you know maybe you're hungry and you really want to eat something in particular when you eat this thing if it's satisfying it satisfies your hunger so it's exactly the thing that you wanted to eat and when you eat it you feel good you're not hungry anymore you don't have that desire to eat anymore so gelato can be really satisfying and I could say that on a hot day gelato really hits the spot it really hits the spot I think we we had that one a few episodes ago as well so When something, when a food hits the spot, it's very satisfying, right? Imagine it's a really hot day. Um, You need something cool to cool you down, right? You have a nice gelato, it hits the spot. It means it really satisfies the need that you had. Okay, so gelato, very satisfying, hits the spot on a hot day. I learned a few things about gelato as well. I saw some TikTok videos actually. So Florence is a really touristy city. Okay. There are, there are so many tourists. It's one of the things I didn't like about it so much. Okay. I know I was a tourist as well, but in the city center, there were just so many people, so many tourists and, you know, tourists can be a bit loud. They can be a little bit, well, not very careful when they're walking around. So it made the city center not not a really nice place to be. <clears throat> and because of that, in the city center, there were a lot of tourist shops, including tourist gelato shops. So I learned from this TikTok and from some Italian friends that if you see a gelato shop that has the gelato piled up in big piles, and if it has some crazy flavors like, I don't know, Oreo flavor, or if it has like, um, like some branded chocolate bar flavor, like, I don't know, like a Mars bar flavor, something like that. Avoid it. Okay. Don't go there. The gelato shops you should look for are the ones where you can't actually see the gelato when you go in the shop. So they have like a, they have the gelato in a little tub. Okay. A tub is a container where we can store food. They have the gelato in a tub and they have a metal lid on top of the tub. So you can't see the gelato inside. These are the professional ones. These are the ones you want to go to. And um, I experimented a little bit with gelato while we were there, but I found that my favorite flavor is dark chocolate, dark chocolate gelato. Come on. It's out of this world. Okay. Out of this world. It's incredible. It's so good. It's very satisfying as well on a hot day. So give that one a try. Dark chocolate gelato. Again, I don't really have a particular gelato shop to recommend for you in Florence. They're all good if you go to the right ones, but just remember to avoid those ones where the gelato is piled up in a big pile. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of the episode for today. So it's quite a quick one today, but we did have a lot of vocabulary in there so loads of different adjectives that we can use to describe different food in a lot of different ways as well. hope you enjoyed that one today guys I'm glad that I got through it because I'm not feeling fantastic today but if you do have any questions about anything from today's episode remember to give me a message. Please if you can it would be great if you could uh, leave a like and a review for the podcast as well because that really really helps with everything. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. Have a great week and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye bye.